Welcome to Fronteras, a program that explores issues at the border and beyond through the lens of arts, culture, and history. I'm Norma Martinez with Texas Public Radio in San Antonio. Journalism is essential to a functioning democracy. When freedom of expression fails, all of a country's citizens suffer. That's the case in Guatemala and in parts of Central America. Journalist Maria Martin is based in Central America. She's reported on the region for over two decades and has seen the swings back and forth in civil and human rights. Her most recent project is a long-form podcast called SOS Central America. We'll hear an excerpt from that podcast in the second half of the program. But first, Martin explains why she was inspired to explore the crisis in Central America in depth. It explores this crisis that's going on in most of the region. And it's a crisis of democracy. It's a crisis of human rights. It's a crisis of the rule of law, where we're seeing in many places, as in El Salvador, as in Nicaragua, as in Guatemala, a return to authoritarianism. You know, there was a a time in the last century, in the 20th century, when these areas were ruled by dictators, many times supported by the United States, because as one U.S. president said of a Nicaraguan dictator, he may be a blankety-blank, but he's our (laughs) blankety-blank, right? And then there was a series of popular rebellions against these dictatorships in Guatemala, in Nicaragua, in El Salvador, that also involved neighboring countries like Costa Rica and Honduras. So that was and is the background against we can measure what is happening right now. Since the end of the civil wars in the 90s, there has been steps taken forward by these countries to be more democratic, to be more equal. Of course, each country is different. But say in Guatemala, there is a backlash against these movements forward for more equality, to control corruption, etc. And that's why I called it SOS, because it really is a crisis that is happening in the region. And it's a crisis that we often don't really understand. We hear about the the migrants along the border, but often there's no context given to, you know, what we call the the border crisis, the migrant crisis. Why are so many people still leaving Central America coming to to the U.S. And of course, this is a very complex question. But one of the reasons is this crisis. One of the reasons is that people, in addition to not being able to find a job, in addition to not being able to make a decent living in these countries, as in the country where I'm based, uh, Guatemala, there is also a lack of hope, a lack of hope that things will get any better. And so, you know, people take that extraordinary risk of putting their families' lives in the hands of human smugglers, 
So to go through an ordeal that is not at all pleasant, you know, where women are almost certainly going to be sexually abused, where people might be, as we know in San Antonio, abandoned in trailer trucks in the middle of the summer, horrible things. But they do this because they feel that they have no other option. There is no hope in some of these countries. So I wanted to do the podcast to call attention to these situations. And the podcast specifically focuses on one journalist, Jose Ruben Zamora. He's been in prison now for almost a year. And I know that it was just recently that he got handed down his sentence. Can you talk a little bit about his case and why he has been the target of so much disdain from the government and from the military? Yes, Jose Ruben Zamora has been a longtime journalist in Guatemala. He has been a very brave journalist, but I, I just want to say before I, I start talking more about Jose Ruben Zamora, is that part of the crisis in the Central American region and all of these countries has been a general attack against the press. So he is kind of the poster child of this because he's been the bravest of the brave. 27 years ago, he founded a newspaper called El Periódico that was dedicated to investigative journalism. And when I came back from Texas a little while ago, several weeks ago, on the day that there was no more El Periódico, because it was not sustainable to keep it going with its founder and publisher and principal fundraiser, Jose Ruben Zamora, in jail, although his sons and a team of very dedicated journalists did their best to try to keep it going. They had to shut down the print um, edition in November, and then finally the digital edition shut down on May 15th. And as I say in the podcast, it was as if, imagine if all of a sudden in the U.S. there was no New York Times, there was no Washington Post. This was the caliber of journalism that happened on El Periódico. And after 27 years of that, it played such a, a vital role in really shedding light on the malfeasance of officials. So it did what journalism is supposed to do, and that is to be that watchdog of those in power. But as I said, there is a reversal of the trend to the rule of law, to more democracy, to freedom of expression in these countries. And, and I see that every day for many years now. Maria Martin is a freelance independent journalist based out of Central America. She's the founder of the public radio program Latino USA and has produced the podcast SOS Central America. Coming up, you'll hear an excerpt from that podcast next on Fronteras.
Welcome back to Fronteras. I'm Norma Martinez with Texas Public Radio in San Antonio. We've been talking today with journalist Maria Martin, host and producer of the new podcast, SOS Central America. Here's an excerpt from the pilot episode. Guatemala's best-known journalist, José Rubén Zamora of the muckraking newspaper El Periódico, has been in prison now for almost a year. Decimos no al poder, se leyó en la última portada del diario El Periódico que cerró su edición digital después de seis meses de su última edición impresa y diez meses del arresto de su director, José Rubén Zamora. Imagine waking up one morning and there's no New York Times, or that the Washington Post had been forced by its enemies to close, that the home of the head of those papers had been invaded by security forces and taken to prison and is now being judged by a system that appears unwilling to give him a fair trial. That's what's happening in Guatemala, a deeply unequal society and one of the Central American countries now seeing a reversal in democracy and the rule of law and a takeover by corrupt and authoritarian forces. I think that this has been a very unfair trial for Jose Rubén Zamora, who has been denied of his right to defend himself. The story of what's happening to one man who spent most of his life trying to change the system by telling the truth may give us a clue as to why so many people are leaving a society that for many seems to be going back into a dark past. Veteran journalist Juan Luis Font worked with José Rumen Zamora for many years, and he's seen it all. Listen, I have been working as a journalist for the last 33 years, and I have seen many things happen along these years. To start with, when I got into journalism, we were just coming out from a war, and we had 29 Guatemalan journalists killed during the war. Then we started up with this democratic process and it all evolved into a very corruptive and and very perverse political system. And now we come with this crash against journalism and freedom of speech. It's like, this is not new for us. It's like we're living in cycles. One example of that, says Font, is the judicial process against his colleague José Rubén Zamora. Font himself was forced to leave Guatemala to avoid legal charges. He's now in exile, observing Zamora's trial on the Internet. This has been a show, the worst show of the biggest effort from the status quo in Guatemala to crush a journalist and a person who has been a pain in the heart for most of them because he has been consistently exposing their wrongdoings and and their corruption. I'm just going to mention that seven different lawyers have left his defense. Four of them have been accused by the attorney general's office I started covering the trial almost from the beginning because I, I missed Investigative journalist Julie Lopez has been covering the legal proceedings in which Jose Ruben Zamora is charged with blackmail, influence peddling, and money laundering. It's a very convoluted case, but I guess if we want to simplify it, the, the explanation is this. There were several companies and, and business 
people who were supporting Zamora, but they didn't want to be identified publicly as financiers or, or uh, clients of El Periódico because of the political pressure and how the newspaper or El Periódico wasn't, wasn't among the favorites of, of the government due to the different publications of corruption and, and what have you. You know, normally they would give, like with any other media outlet, they would give out a check for so much money for publicity or a donation or whatever. But because they didn't want to leave a paper trail and be identified as financiers of the newspaper, they would give him cash. Being supporters of the newspaper in Guatemala in the last few years, maybe for much longer than that, is a risky business. Well, basically 20 years. I mean, an account of events by Zamora himself and one of his sons mentions that this has been going on for at least 20 years. I mean, I mean, the pressure on businesses that wanted to publish ads in the paper or people who wanted to donate money to the paper. And uh, as a matter of fact, when the paper closed its print edition last year in November and remained only as an online paper, one of the sons of Samora said that they were still facing pressures like people who were who wanted to openly support the newspaper by publishing ads in in the publication were being pressured by the government. So the little support they still had last year became even scarcer because of that pressure. Samora asked a longtime associate at a bank to deposit the equivalent of $40,000 he'd received from supporters. It happened that Ronald Garcia Navarijo had been charged with corruption and was in contact with the public ministry. He's now Jose Ruben Zamora's principal accuser. This person turned around, handed the money to the prosecution, and accused Zamora of money laundering. His exact words were, I have the suspicion that this money may come from an illicit source, but he hasn't produced any evidence to support that. Over the last three decades, José Rubén Zamora's newspaper, El Periódico, had published hundreds of in-depth investigations. Its muckraking reporting helped to bring down presidents and other powerful corrupt actors. For this, Zamora made many enemies and paid a high price. It was like eight in the morning. I was still at home and my father was still there. And then this testimony from Zamora's eldest son, Jose Carlos Zamora, is from a documentary I produced some 20 years ago in which the young Zamora describes an incident that happened a few years after peace accords had ended 36 years of a bloody conflict that left over 200,000 Guatemalans dead, including many journalists. Zamora recalled a morning when dozens of armed men invaded their home. And then there were like 15 armed men and they ran into our house and they were very violent and they tied us up and they kept threatening us, saying all these awful things. And then they put my father on, on his knees in front of us and they put a gun to his head and, and they told him that they were going to kill him. 
Me pidieron que me quitara la ropa, me desnudaron. Yo, yo pensé que me iban a matar. Mis hijos pensaron que me iban a matar. Les pedí que me ejecutaran en el garage de la casa. Eh, ellos no quisieron y me dispararon ahí de, dos veces. En eh, su account of the attack, José Carlos' father, José Rubén Zamora, tells how the attackers made him disrobe, how he pleaded with them that if they were going to kill him, not to do it in front of his children. Three times uh, they told me that they were going to execute me and they, they shot and I thought I was going to die. A few months before the attack, Zamora had published a series of investigative articles documenting corruption, smuggling, and drug running by members and former members of the military and officials close to then-president Alfonso Portillo. Me dijeron que dejara de estar jodiendo a los de arriba, que fuera más respetuoso, que no podían molestar al presidente, a los... They told me to stop messing with those in power, to be more respectful. Not to bother the president or the authorities. And that if I shut up, they would leave me alone. But if I said something, they knew where my young son went to school and they would kill me or him. Hombres armados intimidan a periodista José Rubén Zamora y su familia. Condenan unánime ataque contra presidente del periódico. At that time, José Rubén Zamora was released. But his family went into exile and the attacks never stopped. On other occasions, he's been beaten and kidnapped, had his paper audited many times, and had some 200 legal actions brought against him. And while his determination to continue publishing hard-hitting investigations has been an inspiration for many, his imprisonment almost a year ago has had a chilling effect of the country's press. El Periódico's once bustling newsroom is now silent. With Zamora in prison, the paper was first forced to lay off some 80% of its staff, then stop its print edition, and finally, in mid-May, the political and economic pressure got to be too much, and the paper shut down. Now, for the foreseeable future, there'll be no more of the groundbreaking investigations for which the paper had been known for nearly three decades. Here in my hands, I have uh, the main uh, work that we publish uh, in uh, the time of Portillo. Uh, of course, Zamora shows us the three-page spread published in the year 2002. This is what he believes provoked the attacks against him. Named and pictured are members and former members of the military and close associates of then-President Alfonso Portillo. The article details what Zamora says amounts to a criminal mafia who have held parallel power with the government for more than 20 years. Here we are talking uh, the, the relationship between the mafia, the crime, and the army, how they control uh, and they have a, a very strong networks in all the institutions of the state. Zamora believes these were the people behind the assault on him and his family. I find that a, a very plausible hypothesis. John Hamilton was the then U.S. ambassador to Guatemala. The influence of organized crime and clandestine groups, which 
certainly overlap but are not necessarily one and the same, are a real threat to democracy. And it's only become worse in recent years. You're listening to an excerpt from the podcast SOS Central America, produced by veteran award-winning journalist Maria Martin. Martin founded the radio program Latino USA and is director of the Gracias Vida Center for Media. Go to tpr.org to find a link to the full episode and to the GoFundMe page Maria Martin has established to continue her in-depth coverage of the crisis of democracy and human rights in Central America. And an update on the case of imprisoned Guatemalan journalist José Rubén Zamora. A three-judge panel sentenced him this month to six years in prison for laundering almost $40,000. He plans to appeal. There's more with Maria Martin on next week's show. Thanks for joining us for Fronteras. Fronteras is produced by Norma Martinez and Maria Navarro. Our executive producer is Dan Katz. Our editor is Fernando Ortiz Jr. Charanga Cakewalk composed our theme music. Hear past episodes at tpr.org and on the Fronteras podcast. I'm Norma Martinez with Texas Public Radio in San Antonio.